0: Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Yevamos Daf um, I spent a long day uh, here in Chicago. Um, we're going to learn the ilu Nishmas, And there were a number of people who were killed from the wider Jewish community. Yeratzim um, Ner Nishma should have an Aliyah, and there should be a, no more of this. This is this is crazy. Um, let us uh, let us learn another blot in Shas. We're uh, getting close to the end. The reminder yet again: Wednesday's daf will be at the wedding for Rabbi Robinson's wedding. Um, let us learn tonight's daf. Mishnah on the top of Kufiya Tes, the beginning of a new parak. Haisha Basra. Haisha. The word Basra means the last one. It's the name of the parak, but the last parak was also referred to as Haisha. This is the last one, the last parak on Haisha. So the Gemara says Haisha Baila bila vitzarasa the Medina sayam. Let's paint the case. Ruven is married to Rachel and to Leah. Ruvain and Leah go out of town. Rachel is left at home. And then they tell Rachel, while Leah and Ruvain were out of town, Ruvain died. So the halacha is she cannot marry anybody else, nor can she do yibum to Ruvain's brother Shimon. Until we know whether or not the Tzara was pregnant, because if in fact Reuven will have a child from the Tzara, then there's no Yibum, because Yibum requires that there be no child. So the, the Gemara is going to pick up on the, la, the weird language here of Shema Mehuberes, He, Sarasa, a bit of a strange language. Seems like an extra word. The Gemara will discuss that uh, right out of the gates when we get there. That's um, part one of our story. Here's part two. Let's say that there was no brother yet. So same case scenario that Ruvain and Leah are out of town and Rachel's at home. However, there's no Shimon in the picture yet. And Hayes HaLachamos There was a mother-in-law, and we don't know if she's she's away from, from Rachel. We don't know if she's pregnant. We don't know if she's having a baby. Now, remember that back in the day, it was totally commonplace for mothers and their daughters to be having kids at the same time. If you get married at the age of 13, 14, 15, back in the day, you're a grandmother by 30. You know, whatever it is, it's very, very, it's not like our culture, which is, okay, the early 40s, it's very early. So it's totally reasonable. What if there was a mother-in-law, but we were not able to access her to ask her if she's had any new children, any new boys, Maybe another brother was born, and then the testimony comes back to Rachel that Ruvain died. Does she have to be hoshesh that her mother-in-law, who she has no access to, had another son? And maybe there's a din yibum, says the Gemara, ena However, if Yatza Samilea, if the mother-in-law went out of town pregnant, then of course, chosheshes. And even there, Rabbi Yeshua says, Omer, no, ena because who says it's going to be a boy? And if it's not a boy, then there's no yibum. So all of the different iterations here we're going to be discussing and today's Gemara about Rov and about Chazaka and about Miut and about Miut de miut, which are principles that we use regularly throughout Pesach in order to get to the conclusions that we need to. Yes. But doesn't this need to be born before Ruvain dies? Yeah, but we just correct, but we just don't know what happened. Do we have to be worried that the mother-in-law had a child before Ruvain died? Yes, 100%. Okay. We just don't know what her story is. So the Gemara, as I already foreshadowed, is bothered by the language, my hitzarasa, why on the second, uh, where is it, on the fourth line here, it said, hit hitzarasa, my hitzarasa, just say tzarasa, why are you adding another word in the Mishnah? So it says the Gemara, hakamashmalon, lehatzarahu d'chayshinan, we only have to worry about this wife. However, avalitzarachrisi lochayshinan, we don't have to worry about another co-wife, the one that, Let's say he has a third wife somewhere. What the one that he's not with? She don't, we don't have to worry about her. We only have to worry about this particular wife. At the two dots, the Gemara repeats the din that we saw in our Mishnah of Lo Tinasay VeLo Tsiyapein Vehulei. The din was that Rachel, who had heard the edus that Reuven had died, we said she cannot marry, nor can she to ibum. So says the Gemara. Let's pick this apart. Bishlama yibume lo. I understand why there cannot be ibum because the Dilma may Abra Vekapaga Beishasach Because maybe. Maybe the tzorah is really pregnant, and she's going to have a baby, and then Ruvain is a father, in which case there's no din yibum, and then she's pogea uh de de'oraisa. That would be a big problem. Elaloti nase amai. but why can't she just get married stam? After all, says the Gemara, um, let's analyze this question. Halach achar rov nashem, ve'rov nashem mis'abros Is a din of Rove. Most women are not on birth control. Most women conceive. And therefore, it's very likely the case that the tsara is going to have a baby. And if the tsara is going to have a baby, there's no din Yibum. And with the edus that Ruvain died, why can't she remarry? I understand you can't marry Shimon. I understand you can't do Yibum. That makes sense because we don't have enough information. And that's being Poggeba Erva. But why can't she remarry Stam based on the principle of Rove? So says the Gemara, Lema. Maybe perhaps we can say that our Mishnah is Rav Meirhi D'chayish lemiuta. Uta. Oh, this is a famous idea throughout Shas, a famous shita throughout Shas. If you don't know it, you should. And if you don't know it yet, this is where we're going to learn it today. Rav Meir is almost always concerned for a minority concern. However, that concern still has to be a reasonable minority concern. Rav Meir is chosheish lemiuta for an uncommon occurrence, but he's not chosheish for a double mu mi- from miuta to miuta, a very unlikely scenario, just an unlikely scenario. We don't have statistics in the Gemara, though the Mefarshim do give statistics about how we look at these cases, what's a mute and what's mute mute. So, anyways, how is it that our Gemara could be that we're uta? Because maybe the tsara is pregnant, but maybe she's gonna miscarry. Oh, so if she miscarries he's chay, So then it's possible that there's really a dinyibu. So that's why uh that is why we don't allow her to get married to the shuk. Because if she gets married to the shuk, that's why we say lotinase, because there's a chance. That the Tzara, who we assume based on a robe will be pregnant, we also push back with a miut that maybe she'll miscarry and therefore she's not allowed to marry to the shukr. Says the Gemara, lav mm-hmm. dafka that this is only the Shita of Rev Meir. Mm-hmm. Even according to the Rabbanan, who are not cho- Chosheish, who are not chayish Lemiutah, they're not worried about a minority opinion. Still, our Mishnah could be like the Rabbanon. How so? Because even though it's true the Rabbanon typically hold of a rove and not a mute, when the Chachamim say that we follow the rove, that's only true with a ruba de isekaman, with a rove that is in front of our eyes. Kigon chanuyos hedrei. Well, let's say you have a piece of meat, you don't know where it came from, but the nine stores are all on Tui. That's a ruba de isa That's in front of our face. Or like the Sanhedrin where there's a rove of people posthating one way. Rashi says 12 verses 11. That's a ruba de isa That's a rove that's in our face. Aval ruba de lesa kaman. This is a generalization of, in general, women get pregnant and have babies in general. That type of robe, which is a ruba de lesa kamon, this isn't a robe in front of us. There aren't a hundred women in front of us. And we say 55 of them are pregnant. It's not a ruba de isa kamon. It's a ruba de lesa kamon. It may well be a robe, but it's not like lemaisa applicable to me right now. And When it's a ruba de lesa kamon, they don't hold of a robe. And then therefore, even in our Mishnah, when it says that Rachel cannot get married, we don't follow the rove over here, and therefore the Mew the takes over, and therefore they would hold the same that she's not allowed to get married. Asks the Gemara, You cannot say that we follow the Rabbanon, that uh, we, you cannot say like the Rabbanon, that we don't hold of Aruba de Lessa Kaman. Why not? Because there's already a case scenario where the rabbis argued on behalf of Aruba de Lessa Kaman and counted the rove. What is that case? Third of the way down, Kufiat Tasmidal Bahareh, Katanuk Tanam. Deruba de and basaruba. In a case of a katan and a there is a rove about them that they typically are fertile and not a Swiss or an islandus, respectively, katan and katana. And we rely on that Baslin and Basar Basaruba. Where do we see this? In a brysa. Titania, the brysa, writes, Katan Uktana, divir Reb Meir is of the opinion. Remember, Reb Meir is always Khaish Lami Uta. He says there's a chance that this katana is a, an islandist and the katans a Sris. And therefore, lo choltsin Velo lo That's Devi Reb Meir. lo the Rav Meir, the Chachamim said back, "Yofe Amrish she'ein choltsin. I understand that they shouldn't do Chalitza because ish ksiv b'parsha umakshinan and alish, that you can't be a katana or a to do Chalitza. That I understand. Elamatam e'in Miyadmin. Why would there not be Yibum? So what does Rav Mayor respond? There's a very unlikely possibility, but I'm concerned about unlikely possibility, says Rav Meir, that maybe the cotton and the katana are infertile, which makes them ineligible for doing Yibu. So what do the Chachamim say back to that? They say, zil basaruba say, what do we see over here? That the Rabbanon follow the rove of a katana and a katana, that in general they're not infertile, and therefore they're allowed to do yibu. But what does that show us? It shows us that the Rabbanon employ a ruba de lesa kamon. They, they, they employ a rove that isn't locally applied here. It's not nine stores in front of us. It's a global, broad rove that applies to most katana and katanos. And we see that we use that. So therefore, how can you suggest? Uh, asking against the Gemara. The Gemara says it may be our Mishnah where it says that Rachel cannot remarry is based on Reb Meir Huzchai the The Gemara says, no, it's even the Rabbanan because they hold with the Ruba come on that we don't factor in that rub. Not true. By the Katana and Katana, we see that you do. Therefore, says the Gemara, two-thirds of the way done, we have to fall back on our previous answer, and the author of our Mishnah is Reb Meir. That's part one of the Gemara. Now we're going to question that assumption. You just said that our Mishnah Kirev Meir Bemayu Kimta. How did you establish of our Mishnah? Uh, how did you establish the authorship of our Mishnah Kirev Meir? And says the Gemara twelve lines from the bottom, but Ema Seifa. What did we say in the Seifa? We said that Hayesal Lachamosa if she had a mother-in-law Eina Chosheshes. But Amay, why would we not be hoshesh for the mother-in-law? After all, Halachacha Rov Nashim V'Rov Misabros V'yoldos. And now let's do the math. Miut mapilos. Let's say that five percent of women miscarry. Five percent of pregnancies are miscarriages. And of the remaining uh, of the remaining ninety-five births, let's make it an even number. Six percent are. uh, Let's say ten percent are. Ten percent they uh, they typically have. Um, they typically have a, a mapala. They typically have a, a miscarriage. And the remaining 90, 45 of them are male and 45 of them are female. So the Gemara says, if you combine the mi'ut, smoch mi'uta de ma'pola, nekebos, if you combine the possibilities of the 10% chance that she's going to have a miscarriage and the 45% chance that she's going to have a girl, what does that leave us with? That li- leaves us with be- ha'vuleh and mi'uta. That means a 45% chance she's going to have a boy. That's a mute. What does her mayor hold by a mute? Belechush. So if you want to say that the raish is her mayor, well, then you're something's wrong with the seifa because the seifa seems to imply very clearly that there's a mute, and it's a very significant mute. I don't know what the percentages of <laughs> miscarriages were back in the day. I know they're not terribly high now. They happen, unfortunately, they happen usually very early on. It's even like the, the stillborns are still very, I don't know what the statistics are. It's not 10 I don't think it's 10%. I, I can't imagine. I don't I don't. The numbers are very small. So anyways, Lemaise, the way the Gemara plays out is that the Sefa doesn't match the Resha. If you're saying that the Resha is Rav Meir, then, then we're breaking our own rules in the Sefa because it seems like Rav Meir should have been concerned about the mother-in-law having a son, thereby forcing Rachel to either do Yibum or get Chalitza. Says the Gemara, well... You're right that Rav Meir normally holds of a mute, but here we have something counteracting his um, his mute. And what's that? Dilma kevin de ichzekalishuk lochayish. Maybe when the when the mother-in-law left town, she had no children. She had no no other children, and therefore there's a chazaka and racha that she can remarry when the mother left town. So maybe there's a chazaka working against the mute. That's what the Gemara says. And the Gemara says, if that's true, then Reisha deIchzak liYibum to Yabe. No, then in the Reisha there was also a Chazaka that she should also be able to do Yibum because we would never have assumed that the Tsar would have had a kid. It's a Chazaka that the Tsar is not pregnant right now until we know otherwise. So you can't say that. Therefore, Amar Rav Nachman, answer number one to understand what's going on here. Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Baravua, the Reisha and the Sefer are very different. Reisha deIsr karei Chashishu in the Reisha, where the Iser, for a woman, for Rachel to be with Shimon, when really it's a brother-in-law, and really the Tsara had a kid, there we're not messing around, that's an Iser, Kares Chashashu. However, Seifa, the Isser Love in the Seifa, where, where she may end up marrying, but it would only be an Iser, Deoreisa, and without a Kares, then says the Gemara, Lo Chashashu. So that's very strange. Why is that strange? Because we're going to decide whether or not we're Chosheish for Adin Durabanon based on the Onesh of Kares versus Allah, but, but it's still in a Serveda so who cares if the, we're not talking about Onshin, what you're doing is an Isra deraisa. That's what the Gemara says here. Amar Rava, this doesn't make sense. Ha Raisa, Mali Raisa. Mali You can't tell me the distinction between the ration and the Sefa is Onshin. We don't determine whether or not we're going to have a Gzaira De based on Karis versus a Lav. They're both Isra deraisa. Let's take this as an example. We have a principle on Allah, Safeg does it only apply by Nisar karis? Of course not. It applies by every suffix daraisa. So the question is ridiculous and therefore Rav gives his own answer. el turning to the top of Kufi'a Testament base, you're right. Rasha, in the Rasha, Chazaka L'Yibum Ruba lashuk. We have a Chazaka and a robe The Chazaka L'Yibum is that as of right now, the Tzara doesn't have a child. And the Ruba Leshuk what is the ruba lashok, I wrote this down, is that uh, rove nashem uh, do have children, so it's kind of funny, they're counteracting, one is a chazaka that she doesn't have a kid, and one is a rove that she will, and then we have to add in the following logic, which is that the chazaka lo adif ki ruba. the hazaka is not as strong as the rov, and then v'aisi mi'uta demapilos, we then have to factor in the minority, the 10% chance that, that the tzara will miscarry and smokh lechazaka v'havalei palga upalga lotina And the way that Rava understands the ratio is that we really end up being 50-50. We have a chazaka plus the mute against the rove. The chazaka plus the mute against the rove equals palga upalga, and therefore we're stuck, and therefore she can neither marry nor do yibo. And seifa, fourth line, kubit testament beis seifa. Has chazaka l'shuk the safe has a chazaka that she should be able to go out uh, and marry anyone because the chamosa the mother in law didn't wasn't pregnant and veruba l'shuk there's also a rov as well and v'hava le zecharen miuta Dimiuta. and when you factor in the statistical chances of her of the of the mother in law having a boy as a mi'ut, we have multiple miutim adding up and therefore it's miuta dimiuta one miuta on top of another miuta dimiuta, lo chayish rav so therefore, the Gemara is able to explain how our Mishnah is exactly like Rav Meir. Again, a lot of subtlety and nuance here. See the Rishonim here, beautiful Rashi's and beautiful Tosfasim. But the we, we are going to hold to the following principles. Yes, our Mishnah is like Rav Meir, beginning and end. And the way we explain the end of our Mishnah, why we're not choshesh by the mother-in-law, is because there's a double miut. And Rav Meir is only chayesh miuta, but he's not chayesh in miuta Dimiuta. By the way, much as this is a great explanation of our Mishnah, we don't paskin like Rav Meir. So let's not make any errors here. Yeah, I think Tosua says this openly. I don't remember where I saw this. I'm, I'm almost certain Tosua says it somewhere. Uh, okay, whatever. But we don't paskin like this. Anyways, the Gemara continues. We had said, loti We had said that Rachel cannot marry and she cannot get Yibu. And the Gemara says, What's the statute of limitations here? Can she never marry in this case? Let's repeat the case. Ruvain and co-wife Leah are out of town. Rachel stays home. Rachel gets news that Ruvain dies. The Mishnah says she can never marry or do evil. So says the Gemara, Ule olam, is that true forever? That doesn't make sense. Omar Z'iri, Le'atzma. Had it been that she was the only wife and Ruvain died, what would the rule be? As we know that a woman cannot remarry. For three months lest she actually be pregnant and that would be a problem we need to know if she's pregnant in order to know if there's a Le Khaverta, but in our case where Rachel is in town and the tzara is out of town and we don't know what her pregnancy status is no cell phones then the Tisha she has to wait nine months it's a long time why does she have to wait nine months because Rachel is in Chicago and Leah is in the Caribbean and we have no idea what's going on with Leah But Rachel's trapped. There's no three-month din by her. She's not the one who might be pregnant. The tzara might be pregnant and might therefore either have a child and ruin ibum or not have a child and force ibum. And if that's true, she has to wait nine months. And then after the nine months is up, she can do chalitza and then she can marry anyone she wants. No problem at all. Says the Gemara, you're right about the first part, he says to zairi who gave the first answer of three months and nine months, but you're wrong about the second part. When it comes to Rachel, she cannot remarry. Rashi qualifies this. Just take a look at Rashi. Rashi's halfway down. Rashi halfway down. It's not nine months in Dukhalita. You have to wait until she finds out information about whether or not she had a child, whether or not Reuven actually was Shaykh to the world of Yibam. Why is that? Because... Uh, we we have no way of knowing, and chalitza alone is a problem, says the Gemara, let her do chalitza, who cares, says the Gemara, we cannot do that, they both said this, and we've seen this a couple of times in this Masech already, there's a concern that really, yes, there was a child born to the Tzara, and there was no din chalitza ever required, and what you did is you had a woman do chalitza, for no good reason, but everybody thinks she's a Chalutza and therefore in an, an ineligible bachelorette for the Kohanim. So now you're going to have to go make an announcement and that we don't do. Says the Gemara, why not? let walk into the, into the base Mikdash. Rabosai, I don't know if you know, but this woman, we thought she was a Chalutza. She's not. It turns out that Reuben really had a kid while they were gone with another wife. She is an, an eligible bachelorette. Says Gemara, we cannot do that. Maybe there was someone who watched the chalitza, but they weren't there for the announcement to say that really the Tzara had a child, and really there was never a din chalitza and she's not a chalitza. And someone will make an error and say, oh, the, the Chachamim are not so bright. They allowed the chalitza to marry a kohen. So therefore, we have to not only wait nine months, we have to wait until we hear as to whether or not this woman, the tzara, actually had a child. Says the Gemara, I'm not sure that that's really true, Why not? Because tonight we have a Mishnah. We saw this Mishnah yesterday. We're not going to dig in into the nitty gritties, but we will read it, of course, inside. Mm -hmm. Third of the way down, Kufya testament sayam. Let's say that a wife is out of town and she has a baby. The Umrah, and then she says, She says, her son died. And then her husband died, and when her husband died, he had no children, thereby triggering Yibum. We trust her. But if she says, May spyly, if my husband died first, and then afterwards the child died, we trust part of her ages, but not all of it, and therefore, and what does it say? Why over there do we require chalitza? Maybe we should be concerned that Dilma, asu Adim Amra Kitika Amra. Maybe Adim will show up and say Taka, she was right, and then you did your chalitza for no good reason. We're right back to where we started. If we say we really don't trust her, we're going to do chalitza out of Suffolk. What if Adim show up and say she was right? You forced her to do a chalitza. Now we have to go announce it to the Kohanim. They're going to think she's a chalitza. Amra Papa, great question, but in this case, we're making an ukimta rusha She had already been divorced prior, and therefore, no concern, because she's already ineligible for the Kohanim, because she's already a divorced, a, a divorced woman. Rav Rav, Amra ani ve'hu bimara, that we were hiding in a cave. No, there were no aidim to be seen. They were in a private, remote island. There couldn't have been aidim, and therefore, in that case, we don't trust her, and she has to do but taka, the inference of the gemara is, that had it been a case scenario where there were Aidim that in theory could have showed up, we would not have made do in this case. Next Mishnah, difficult Mishnah. We're going to go until about uh, five lines from the bottom of the page and then we're going to stop. There are two women who are Yavamos. Rashi adds in some critical information. We are uh, 10 lines, 15 lines from the bottom of the page. The first Mishnah, the first Rashi and the new Mishnah, the wives of shnei Achen. Ruven and Shimon are brothers. And Levi and Yehuda were also their brothers. Levi and Yehuda died. The two wives fell to Reuven and Shimon. So Reuven married uh, the wife of Yehuda, and Shimon married the wife of Levi. Whoever whoever it is, the two wives who are not related to each other, but they have husbands who are brothers. Zu meres may biley. The zul meres meis If Rachel says my husband died. And if Leah says, my husband died, because the woman's testimony only works for herself and not the other woman, so then it's a problem. No one can marry anybody. Everybody's trapped because my Rachel's edus only works for herself. And therefore, as it relates to Leah, Rachel's husband is still alive and therefore nothing she can do. She's trapped. Fine. Let's say that Rachel has edim that Ruvain died and Leah has no edus. The woman who has Edim is Asura, because she cannot trust the other woman who did not have Edus, and really Shemin may well still be alive. But Leah can actually marry Ruvain, because it wasn't the woman's testimony, it was Edim giving testimony, and that's very strong. Let's say that one of the couples has children, and the other does not. Okay. The woman who has children, she knows she's not shy to Yibum because she has children with this man, and therefore she's muteras to, mar- to marry to anybody she wants. No problem. But the woman who does not have children, she's trapped because it's possible that she's shy in Yibum, and we don't know. Let's say that they actually did go through with Yibum after the, after the deaths of their husband in a muter way. Now do we again rely on the lenient psak of Mishuma that one woman gave testimony does that have like a like, like a half life if a woman gives testimony about her own husband and then remarries according to that and then that husband dies. Can she use the edus that she gave two husbands ago for now? That's a machlokas tanai. Says the Gemara that uh, the Tanakhama holds a surah once you had a heter to rely on your leniency all is well and good and you can remarry according to that. Tana, we have a mishnah. Let's say that you have one one of the Avamos has witnesses and has children. Ulazu, lo Aidin velo Banim. And the other one, Leah, does not have Aidim and does not have Banim. Stehan Mutaros. Both of them are going to be mutter to, to marry. And we're going to stop right here at these two dots. We'll pick up tomorrow night in Yur Hashem, six lines from the bottom on Kufya Tasma Bays, wishing you all a beautiful night.